Come Follow Him podcast. This podcast is created by the Boise Nampa Institute of Religion for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Here, we hope to help young adults find relevant principles each week as they study the assigned Come Follow Me scripture block as outlined by the church. This episode is simply two institute teachers talking about what they see in the scriptures that might be relevant to your life. It is not intended to speak for the church or to definitively define doctrines or policies. Any opinions shared here are just that, our opinions, as we have learned to come follow Him. I'm your host, Matt Swenson. Let's jump in. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's good to be back with you. I re- I'm realizing I've been listening to the podcast episodes uh, from the past. I actually listen to them every week for Come Follow Me because it helps me remember what we were talking about. But uh, I realize that I say the same thing at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm excited today. We're here with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Brother Matt Huff. Brother Huff, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here with you. Yeah. Uh, Brother Huff is... Uh, a uh, seminary uh, teacher, um, mentor, and just some, some does some wonderful things. He's currently at Centennial High School. And Brother Huff, introduce yourself. What should we know about you? T- tell us about your family and yeah. your life and what you've done. Well, first of all, Brother Swenson, it's good to be with you all. I'm s- super excited about today. I uh, was raised in East Idaho, mm-hmm. over in the farm fields of East Idaho, uh, over in the Teton Valley area. Right, yeah. And, uh, Anyway, so just grew up out there in the in some of the best country on the planet, and it was a boy's dream to grow up there. Uh, met my wife in Pocatello at Idaho State. Uh, we've got four amazing kids, and um, ages. Um, yeah, so we've got eight, uh, almost ten, twelve, and fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, <laughs> it's just awesome to be able to to live the dream of being a dad and to be able to talk about the Savior every day and help youth and young adults come to know and love him and yeah it's really amazing to get to do what i get to do every day so yeah it's fun for that you haven't been with SNI for uh, for your whole career no so i haven't tell us what you've done so yeah I, after i served my mission in brazil i was at idaho state um met my wife and uh jumped into business mm-hmm. i just loved business mm-hmm. and uh, started a, a company there in telecommunications and um, went at that for four or five years, sold that business, started an insurance business, and about five years ago, found myself at a spot where just got to a point where I just wanted to do something I loved, Mm. something I was passionate about. And I Mm. thought, well, I love the youth of the church, and I love the Savior, and this is the best of both worlds. So it's, it's awesome to be able to go from that experience to now here and, um, it's it's been a great great journey. Yeah, it's been good to have you. Your you know your real world kind of experience, and then uh, and just high caliber uh, guy, just in general, bringing that to the youth and helping them see that you know there's lots of different ways to go. But but man, I love that you've uh, set that stuff aside to come be with the youth and and uh, financially. I'm sure that wasn't the yeah. the right move in your in your career. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, income wise, but um, you know, it's just been a, a great blessing and. Yeah. So excited to be here and grateful. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, we're excited uh, to be in uh, to the book of Amos today and Obadiah. 
Um, yeah. And Brother Huff's prepped some things, so I'm just going to let you start. You okay. tell us what we're doing and, I, and where we're at. Yeah, I love this, Matt. I'm I'm excited. I, I was thinking about Amos and how he was trying to warn the people and yeah. trying to tell them, hey, you better listen to the prophet else bad things are going to happen. And the other day I had a moment like this with my daughter, one of my daughters, Brenna. She had this glass of milk and she was sitting uh, on the stool on the counter and she was sitting next to one of my other daughters. And you know how siblings kind of start going back and forth, mm -hmm. arguing mm -hmm. with each mm -hmm. other, jabbing each <laughs> other. And I looked at that glass of milk and I said, Brenna, stop. You're going to spill that milk. Yeah. And at this time, the milk's, you know, the couple milk's like <laughs> two feet away. And she's like, no, dad, I'm not going to spill the milk. And so I warned her again. I said, you're going to spill the milk if you don't stop, right? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they keep going back and forth and <laughs> poking and jabbing each other. And again, on the third time, I said, you're going to spill that milk. What do you think happens? <laughs> All the milk the goes everywhere, yeah. right? And I just said... I I could I told you yeah. I told you like she got several warnings mm -hmm. right and then um, you know and I got after a little bit sure. you know yeah. like hey I told you when daddy tells you something yeah. you need to listen right yeah. and then I just got laughing because I thought about you know Heavenly Father how many times oh, man. does he warn <laughs> us right does Heavenly Father and Savior say hey you're going to spill the milk. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you a warning. Right. Knock it off. Yeah. You know, here's what's going to happen. And and how many times have we all been in that same position, yeah. right, as my daughter? And so I, as I was reading through um, Amos, came to the, the powerful verse in verse 7. So chapter 3 of Amos, verse okay. 7, uh, it says, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And then if you take a look at the footnote for uh, A, uh, you could substitute until uh, through the, the prophet Joseph's translation. Surely the Lord God will do nothing until he revealeth his secret unto the servants, his prophet, yeah. the, the prophets, right? The dad of earth for now, yeah, right, right? Right. It's kind of, hey, there's going to be some spilled milk. <laughs> there's going to be some spilled milk. You better, you better listen it, to the prophet. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of uh, prior to the pandemic. Uh, just the, the, and maybe it was even a flippant remark um, right. that President Nelson gave that was, better take your vitamins. I remember right. that yeah. after, I think it was a temple dedication yeah. or something. Take your vitamin, yeah. get your rest, right. take your vitamin pills. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I just wonder, and maybe, you know, just in, maybe it was a flippant comment. Maybe it was just, he knows that the work's moving fast, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to put words in his mouth or revelation where it wasn't intended, but, but maybe the Lord just put those words in his mouth. Um, even if he didn't fully understand, but but maybe he did fully understand, you know. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I think that the prophets probably know more than than they let on. Uh, I think about how often Christ was told, or Christ told those that he was working with to not speak, don't go, don't go running this out everywhere, don't, yeah. don't tell everybody everything you know. How often prophets in the Old Testament were were told to hold up, and you know you know all this information, but but wait until I tell you to speak it. It's a, it's a yeah. pattern of the Lord sometimes. It is a, such a pattern, right? That the Lord will always reveal His, circ his, his secrets to His 
servants, yeah. right? These prophets, right? Yeah, it's really cool. I uh, I have loved that verse. It, it's meant a lot to me in my life. My patriarchal blessing talks about uh, adhering to the words of the prophets closely. Yeah. And uh, and so that's been that verse and my patriarchal blessing has been something that's important. Can I share something I found? That, yeah, that I absolutely. Think is really cool. would love that. So uh, associated to this verse, um, there is an article on the church church's website that um, is about how Joseph Smith um processed and and used the old testament in his his teachings um and he well let me i just want to make sure i tell you the right title so somebody can go yeah, find that absolutely it's called the prophet joseph smith's use of the old testament that's the article if you were to go search that probably in quotes on the church website you could find that um and this this is just so cool so he's he references this verse a couple of times um, but the article says that says the prophet Joseph Smith believed in a rigorous adherence to the literal meaning of the biblical text. He said, and I'm quoting, what is the rule of interpretation? He asked, just no interpretation at all. It should be understood precisely as it reads, which I think is a significant statement because I think, you know, whether it's us saying, oh, the Old Testament is translated incorrectly in some cases or whatever, right? right? Or, um, or in the creation that it, you know, did it really happen in a day or is it God's day, right? Right. I, I, the prophet Joseph would suggest you read it as it says it and, and you, you believe what it is. Yeah, right. just go there. Right. right. And then they give an example. It says, an example of this was his use of Amos 3.7 to refute speculation about the date of the second coming. In the early 1840s, Baptist William Miller stirred a considerable national, nah, sorry, stirred considerable national interest with his prediction that the second coming would occur in 1843. When one of Miller's followers claimed to have seen the sign of the Son of Man, as predicted in Matthew 24, Joseph Smith replied, He has not seen the sign of the Son of Man, as foretold by Jesus. Neither has any man, for the Lord hath not shown me any such sign. And as the prophet saith, so it must be. Then he quotes, Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. Therefore, hear this, O earth, the Lord will not come to reign over the righteous in this world in 1843, nor until everything for the bridegroom is ready. So he he used a literal uh, use of this verse to to kind of refute what yeah. you know Brother Miller was That's throwing good. down, right? Um but then he goes on, and, and this article goes on. It says, therefore, uh, sorry, uh, then the article goes on. It says this, of the Savior's words that no man knows the day or the hour of the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, that's a reference out of Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. The prophet asked, did Christ speak this as a general principle throughout all generations? So again, that's the, wow. the no one yeah, knows when like Christ that. is coming, right? Yeah. And the prophet says, did, was Christ speaking this just generally about all generations? He says, oh no, he spoke in the present tense. No man that was then living upon the footstool of God knew the day or the hour during Christ's time. But he did not say that there was no man throughout all generations that should not know the day or the hour. No, for this would be in flat contradiction with the other scripture. For the prophet says that God will do nothing but what he revealeth unto his servants, the prophets. Consequently, consequently, if it is not known, uh, made known to the prophets, it will not come to pass. So even the wow. second coming yeah, yeah. will be something that prophets know about. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's powerful. 
That's powerful. It's a, it's telling, and it makes yeah. it makes some of President Nelson's comments a little more lively in my mind, right? Yeah. Uh, statements like uh, we we're in the last days of the latter days. Yeah. That right. His, his, right. His statement a couple of years ago that time is running out. I mean, if he knows the detail of when the Savior's coming, then then he can speak you know intelligently to that to that question. Yeah. So I love this verse. I think it, it gives so much power to our faith and prophets. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. This verse is, it is. And uh, it's interesting, you know, in seminary that the prophets and apostles have gone through and selected the top scriptures that really teach our doctrine. Right. Right. And I like to think about those of the dream team mm-hmm. verses, right, yeah. that really teach our core doctrines. Yeah. And this is one of those core, right? Amos 3.7 is what the Lord would have, right? Well, the, the church is built know. on it, right? Right. That there's a prophet speaking for God on earth. That, right. That's a powerful thing. Those, that, that new doctrinal mastery program, right, that yeah. helps us really understand what we believe and, and yeah. foundational. It's wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Love I was it. just thinking about like the journey all of us go on to really find out for ourselves yeah. whether a prophet is really of God. Yeah. You, you know, I, I was taken back as... As we were preparing for this, I thought about 2018, you know, January, when President Nelson got called to be prophet. Mm -hmm. And um, I really just had the the spirit hit me saying, you need to really find out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things the spirit uh, that I was prompted by was to really just study every one of his talks Mm -hmm. that he had given since 1984. Yeah. So at the time I was teaching out at Valley View, Mm -hmm. I was for a part of that, and I just, I would listen to his talks, I would study, I listened to his uh, biography book, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was powerful. As I went on that journey, um, just the Spirit testifying to me again and again through the years, from 1984 until now, every conference talk, I tried to find, I tried to find every word he'd ever said over the pulpit, and the Holy Ghost just testified that he is, in fact, a prophet and of he God. He said some fantastic things, just things yeah. that that just really help us understand the plan, helps us understand how to treat each other. Yeah. Um, you know, for such a time as this, he was reserved um, to, to be the prophet during a pandemic to to help us yeah. understand and learn to love and, um, and treat those that uh, have maybe always existed but are now becoming kind of forefront in the cultures of today in the western world especially right yeah that uh, we need to know how to how to help those that struggle with same-sex attraction or yeah um, and to be the prophet leading out in that is uh, he's so that guy right yeah he is i'm just certain you know matt as we think about president nelson of course the prophet of course the one that the lord's chosen to lead us um you know but outside of that you think about what who he is right as a person and you know, show me a person more traveled right. than President Nelson. Right. Ninety-eight years old. Yeah, every continent, still multiple going. <laughs> times, still still doing that. Yeah. You know, but you also look at like what he did, you know, professionally, mm. and knows the heart inside now. Yeah. You know, take that heart and stitch it back together. Fluent, right? Mandarin Chinese, just a, and, perfect and, and pitch. And even the yeah, right. I mean, you, you know, all the things. All this stuff. And he can ski. <laughs> yeah, like, right. How did he get? How did the guy get all these gifts? Yeah. Right. And you see the Lord's hand in it. Yeah. Just the, the fact that he was so willing to receive revelation, even in yeah. his profession. Um, yeah. You know, he, he tells a story of doing 
heart surgeries that he'd never done, that no one had ever just done. Just came to his mind. Yeah, where the stitches how to go. Do it, and, right. I mean, no, those are just some, amazing. And that's in his professional career, right? Yeah. That, I think that's a, there's a message to you and I that, yeah. and maybe not even you and I, you and I do this for a living, right? right? We're, right. we're in the scriptures all day long for a living, but when you're not, you can live like absolutely President Nelson by revelation right every day so cool we, we yeah. just we uh you know in the last a uh, little while st- since state conference the new uh, for strength the youth pamphlets come out and uh what a powerful message to the youth that you don't need a list of things anymore we ju- we're just going to tell you the principles behind living yeah and it's not even in order it's not even like a hey here's how to talk about not dating, a checklist right? at all no it's just it's just, uh, it's just. How do you treat people around you? And dating's one of those ways that you do that. But, but there's no checklist of anything in there. It was, it was interesting. I, I was having a class, and I wanted to test it. I wanted to test the concept because, yeah. you know, in in that uh, article, or sorry, in the in the conference talk that uh, Elder Uchtdorf gave yeah. when he announced that, uh, he referenced that there are other places where you can get some lists. I mean, if you need some counsel and direction, there are things you can do and. Um, but the principle-based handbook is what we're giving you now. So we were in Isaiah, I think, uh, a while back, and and uh, we were in chapter fifty-eight, um, talking about Sabbath day. Yeah. And uh, it says in there, there's really only one little instruction about what you should or shouldn't do, and it says, um, not to do thine own will or thine own pleasure. Yeah, that's good. And so I said to the students, I said, well, what, let's test it. Let's see if that works. If if I can say that the principles is. Of, of being obedient to prophets or heavenly father through prophets, right? Um, is listen to their words and then receive revelation for it. Uh, let's try it. What What is something you've done or you consistently do on the Sabbath day that you're pretty sure God would say is your own will? And I, get, I let them just take a minute and yeah. think about it. And 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 everybody come up with something that's, you know, I probably do that thing. It's my own will. I probably shouldn't do Right, right. And that's the proof, right? It's the proof that all I need to do is understand the principle. And the Lord can tell, show me yeah, the stuff I need yeah, to improve like in, that. right? Yeah. I, don't need, I don't need more things. And then to say, okay, how many of your things would exist on the list if we could write the list down? Almost nobody raises their hand, right? My thing's a very personal thing that I'm doing that's my own will on the Sabbath. And, and, and so anyway, to, to get back to it, that, that you can live like President Nelson. You don't have to be called as a prophet yeah. to do it and, and to receive the revelation within your own uh, stewardship, right? Yeah. Within your own stewardship. What Elder Renlund would call it our own runway. Our own, <laughs> our own runway. <laughs> I love how he, 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 had to, he had to help Elder Uchtdorf with that. Oh, man, right? There was no other references oh, made so to airplanes, great. It was right? So great. It was awesome. Well, that talk, I think, is foundational, too, in helping us understand how to receive revelation. Yeah. You know, I think he gives three or four pillars of, of receiving revelation and yeah. things to remember. and It's important. Yeah. Don't you love to, as we look back at 2018, April, the very first conference, President Nelson, revelation for the church, right? revelation for our lives, right? right? And yeah. that has been... Well, it's, yeah, and, and then so continuing powerful. into October, right? You get, yeah. you get the change, and then you get Sister Browning, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first black woman ever to speak at General Conference, yeah. making you know, fantastic. Um, that that wonderful talk about putting on glasses and seeing yeah, the, the lens of Christ, glasses, right? right? And then Elder Renlund's the next one, and it's just all about revelation when we when we talk about new policies and practices like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So cool. Wonderful. Thank you. I love this. Take so uh, keep me keep me going. Where can we you go? You know, Amos, I, I was checking out Amos 8, 11 through 12, right? Like okay. Amos had some just powerful prophecies, right? As yeah. he's warning the people, as he's helping them be connected to the Savior. Now this is in preparation, yeah. just maybe a little context. Yeah, yeah. Good. This is in preparation for these uh, the the children of Israel and the uh, people in Jerusalem uh, getting captured again yeah being taken right, captive again right yeah yeah so he's he's doing all the warning kind of like we've been doing yeah. he's just another prophet just another kind of prophet thing, right? it's so interesting right yeah. like their their mission is always the same yeah right yeah. give warnings point us to the lord well interesting back then yeah. too how many of them existed maybe even at the same time yeah um yeah. you know we when we get to Christ's time he calls a prophet you know with peter yeah. And, and the rock that he's going to establish the, right. the church upon. But he also calls apostles, right? And and maybe in a similar way in the Old Testament, he called multiple uh, based on geography, right? We need somebody here to do it. We need somebody here to do it because we don't have cell phones and, yeah. and satellites. Yeah, but, that's good. But, but you know, Amos and, and Jeremiah and, the, and, and Lehi and those, those guys and would have all been guys, within... Right? You know, within a hundred years of each other, yeah, prophesying the same thing. I was looking at Obadiah too. He was another one that it's predicted he was around like 586 BC. Mm. You know, you got yeah. him in the mix yeah. too. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Yeah, when that, you think about cool. Lehi and Nephi and well, and, and, know, and some of those different can I throw another thing in that just yeah. that I caught this morning? I was doing yeah. one of my favorite books. is totally off topic, but one of my favorite books is uh, the book of Nehemiah. And Nehemiah yeah. was another prophet that would have been later than these guys. Uh, Artaxerxes is the is the king at the time, and he would have been a king during the Assyrian Empire that comes in after okay. the Old Testament's yeah, really yeah. over. And so uh, Nehemiah's record is a, a record that comes in 400 BC. Wow! Right, so it's yeah, even yeah. it's even later. To go back and build walls and things like that. I just think there's sometimes we just miss it. We just read it chronologically yeah, and think, "Oh, this is thousands and thousands of years, it, right?" But so many connections. Anyway, sorry, I kind of sidetracked it. No, it takes the chapter. Eight. It's good. In eleven and twelve, yeah. um, what's what's powerful about this one? It, I tried to look through here and really find things that were so relevant to our day. Yeah, sure. Of restoration in action. Yeah. Why did we have to have such a restoration mm-hmm. um, with the prophet Joseph Smith being the prophet of the restoration, right? But, okay, Amos's prophecy here, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst of water for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it right mm-hmm. and you check out the footnote for 11a and prophesying of the apostasy yeah right that would take place in the future as well right yeah. and the, the need for everything we're experiencing today yeah right yeah. with priesthood cut keys and covenants and yeah i uh i think there's uh so much missed in the rest of the christian world yeah. When you don't have the reference point of, of a restoration and when you don't see the restoration as being needful, um, these types of verses are, are like, what What does that yeah. even mean? What, what does that even right. talking about? You can just read that and go, well, what is yeah. what, what it? What's the point? Why yeah. is that in here, right? But yeah, that, that's where we're at, right? We, we have seen in our past, we've seen yeah. the famine. Uh, Christ speaks of that famine in, in the New Testament a little bit when he... 
he talks about uh, the word of the Lord being uh, dried up, right? He, he's looking at fig trees, for example, and and seeing that it will wither, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the all the life that the gospel brings to the earth going away. Yeah, and light as well, right? Yeah, you see all that. Right? Yeah, that's cool. One of my favorite things, Matt, is watching people that really want to dig down deep and yeah. know for themselves if this truly is the restored church of sure. Jesus Christ, yeah. right? Um, let me give you an example, a couple examples of um, some youth recently that have chosen the Savior. Um, uh, just yesterday, we had a couple of, of youth that graduated last year um, from a high school here in town that one's been baptized for nine months and the other okay. one for about five months. Cool. Um, but these two are just... You know, you talk about elect, you talk about people searching to and fro, and, and it, you know, these two have found the Savior's Restored Church. But one of the seminate, we, we uh, FaceTimed them in. They're going to BYU-Idaho, and okay. we FaceTimed them into our class. And uh, one of the youth in our class asked them, hey, how many times have you read the Book of Mormon? <laughs> and the one, so that both of them, you know, again, one oh, is nine I see a months. Massive lesson coming. <laughs> and, and and the one that was nine months baptized member, of course, he'd gone to church for you know a few years before that, and his parents sure. made him wait till he was eighteen to get baptized. Sure. He said twelve. Twelve times. I've read the Book of Mormon twelve. Are times. you kidding me? He said one time I read it in twenty four hours. What? He said I just sat down and I decided. I guess a friend had asked him asked him a question about uh, the Book of Mormon, and he knew that the answer was in the Book of Mormon, but he didn't know where to start. So he just pulled out his copy and he said, "I'm going to read this until I find it." Oh man! And guess where he found it? At the very end, in Moroni. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like chapter ten or something. Holy cow! And but all the youth were sitting in that room going, "Whoa." I haven't even read it. Like I heard, Who am I? you know, people just saying like, I've been a member of the church my whole life and maybe read it once, right? you know, but like, again, it's, it's just so powerful. Well, and it's our proximity to it, right? Yeah. We're raised in it. We know, yeah. we know about it. It's there for us whenever we want. We take it for granted because of that. Yeah. You know, I, I was humbled last week. Um, it was early this week. It was early this week, Monday, um, teaching a class. And right before class, one of the other teachers in the building says, you know that Ethan in your class isn't a member of the church. And I said, what? what? It's like halfway through the semester. Yeah. I'm like, no, I didn't know that. Is he really not? And I'm, and I'm thinking so about great. I'm thinking back in my head that, that I've got a non-member in my class. What have I said? <laughs> I mean, right. Oh, no. Right? But, but, but then I'm thinking about his actions in class. And... And I remember when I passed out my devotional form for the kids yeah. to, you know, fill out a devotional. Yeah, yeah. He comes up, he says, I've never done this. How do I do this? And I was like, well, just read the prompt and fill in the prompt and come up with something that, you know, just some experience. Just scripture. You and he's like, well, what, like, what scripture should I use? I was like, I'll give you, you come up with the concept, the, the principle and all. And he's like, like what's a principle? And, I, and, I, and at first I was like, oh, maybe he's a freshman and he just didn't understand. Right? So I kind of walk him through it. And, I love it. But I was not as helpful as I should have been with somebody yeah, that was yeah. totally new to this thing, right? So anyway, so he, he, he says, can I take the form home? Can I do it at home? I said, yeah, whatever. Bring it back. So he comes the next day and he says, Here, here's my form. I don't really know a scripture that can go with that, though. I, I want to talk about this principle. And I said, oh, let me, let me look some up. I'll give you three or four and you can 
kind of, and they're all in the Doctrine and Covenants, yeah, and they're like just, all, so all kinds of places, which are fantastic, but the yeah. kid has no idea where to go find them. He doesn't even have Gospel Library on his, on his phone, and I'm just giving him all these yeah. things that have oh, nothing yeah. to do with what he understands. So at any rate, so we started class, and uh, I, he sat in the back at the beginning and said, hey, I just found out that you're not a member of our faith. Is that true? <laughs> and he says, yeah, yeah, I, I just wanted to learn about the scriptures and, and thought maybe this would be a good place to do that. And I said, well, yeah, it is. <laughs> you're in the right but place. I'm so sorry. I could have done a, such a better job of helping you understand what's happening. I said, how has this been for you? And he says, it's great. I didn't know what we were doing at all when we started because we're following the come follow me block. We jump right in the middle of the Old yeah, Testament. Oh, we're not yeah. doing anything that makes start sense. start in Genesis no. or anything. Right. So, uh, uh, so at any rate, so I, I, then I taught class differently because I had a young man sitting in the awesome. room that didn't know what we were talking about when I talked about the That's Book of Mormon. That's so great. And it, it really changed it, what, what happened. And the reason I was so humbled, I think, out of it, out of that experience is I recognized that not only did he have that question, but I bet a whole bunch of my students who are members of the church that don't really know as much yeah. as I think they, ought, they know. Um, probably need that same kind of backup sometimes. And, yeah, and absolutely. And maybe there's a message to us all, right, in that, that, that uh, we become comfortable yeah. with our knowledge and we assume everybody around us has it. And maybe we would be better at gathering yeah. if we assumed less I and totally talk agree. more. I totally right? agree. Yeah. And you see that example in President Nelson. Yeah. The way that he teaches... Yeah is so simple and powerful and clear yeah. that everybody around the world can get his talk and go, yeah. oh yeah, oh, I know, okay. what, he's talking I know about. what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's right? cool, that's cool. It's, yeah, yeah, I really like that. I think there's a, there's a lot in this. And, and Amos definitely prophesying of, of the downfall of Israel. Yeah. And uh, the, the taking away of... Um, I was rereading Jeremiah yeah. uh, earlier today, and and uh, just how many times the Lord says, uh, uses that bridegroom example, where mm. you have left your husband and yeah. gone after, gone whoring after yeah. others that you have made. You've made these gods. You've right. made that. Right. You with your hands whittled out this wooden god, and then you turned to it and said, "Save me!" Yeah. And how could it do that? You made it. Right, and yeah. then you come back to me and ask me to help, and I'll help you still. Right, I mean, yeah. wow, what we're we're at that point, right? We're coming back to him, saying, "Help us! We've gone through this apostasy that that we need uh, help yeah. to come back from." So it's so powerful, right, to be a part of this. And I think about just the gathering that's taken place. You and I were talking about this earlier today, right? Of yeah. just the Lord is hastening His work, yeah. and the speed of which crazy, you know, we're gathering. Um, I look at nine, uh, Amos nine eleven through fifteen, yeah. and you look at fourteen where he, you know where he mentions this latter day. You know, you go to the footnote B of fourteen, and you look at the latter day gathering of Israel. Yeah, and it, it just think like, what, what did President Nelson say? We have a front row seat. Yeah, it, you know, not. <laughs> I mean that we're in it yeah. like this is happening right now and and we see that yeah right let's read this i think that'd yeah, be good yeah, that'd be good let's do so brother. amos like 9 uh, 11 through 14 okay. are okay. really uh, you could go through 15 as well okay let me read it you stop me yeah, if there's yeah, something no, you go ahead. touch on okay uh, verse 11 in that day will i raise up the tabernacle of david that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof, and I will rise. I will raise up his ruins, and I will build it as in the days of old. 
that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all of the heathen which are called by my name, saith the Lord, that doeth this. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that thy, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him that soweth seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine and all the hills shall melt. And I will bring again captivity, the captivity of my people of Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit thereof, and I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. So yeah, just a just a reference to you know the the people being restored, that restoration. Yeah. Right, I love the right. tabernacle of David being uh, the very first thing that he's gonna he's gonna raise up. Right, that uh, concept of the temple being being built um, as a as a rest, restorative um, way to receive all of the covenants we need to get back to the yeah. right? it's cool. so powerful. Yeah. You know, I just think about this last general conference and eighteen new yeah temples. Yeah, I did the math. There's like 266 uh, yeah. of them or something yeah, that will be yeah, done when under, they're all done. Yeah, and all, that's crazy. just shy of 300, right? right? Yeah. Nuts. Think about that pace, brother. If we, you know, you look at that over another 10 years, yeah. that kind of pace. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Powerful. It's amazing. And, and I think there's some, there's even some things I think that uh, are happening outside of our faith that are good, that are bringing forth the second coming. And, and you you, uh, you look at you know what goes on in Jerusalem, and, yeah. and we know that the temple will be rebuilt in Jerusalem, right? And, right. And, and and we don't know you know when that happens, how that happens. We know it happens so that the Savior can come in and teach, um, and gather in the Jewish people, especially, right? Um, right. Right. But you you look at what's going on over there, and um, seeing uh, a need for the temple again. Um, they're already um, having flocks uh, born and raised to be as pure as possible. They're having uh, artisans that are working on temple things that they can that they can take into the temple so that they can they can furnish the temple as needed. Um, and it just makes me wonder sometimes. And that there's nothing here. There's no doctrine here or anything. Right. Right. But it makes me wonder if. Is it possible that that temple that, you know, as members of the church, we think President Nelson's going to announce a temple in Jerusalem. Is it possible that the Lord says, let's have the tribe of Judah rebuild their own temple? And then they're going to offer sacrifices in that space, right? It, it, it takes me back to Doctrine and Covenants 13 section. There's one verse in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Where it says, um, the, 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 the Aaronic priesthood will not be taken again from the earth until yeah, the sons so of Levi do offer yeah. again an offering, right? There's going to be a, a blood sacrifice. President Hinckley talked about that. That will happen for some reason. We don't know why. Yeah. But I think about how maybe the the Jewish people will rebuild their temple. And then yeah. Christ will come maybe. back. Yeah. And he'll say, hey, come into the temple and let me teach you what you're doing. What better way to get the, the Jewish people <laughs> to follow him than to show mm-hmm. them the marks in his hands. And, right. And the, and the wound in his side and show the lamb and how... How he is the representation of the Lamb, right? Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know yeah. that that's the way. Right. But but I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the church being the only good thing, yeah. and that's just not true. There's yeah. so many ways that the Lord's working good on earth. And oh, absolutely. You know, I was just thinking about that the other day. You know, when President Nelson invited the world to fast, yeah, to overcome COVID nineteen. Yeah. And I I just remember all the social media platforms of 
all the Christian faiths coming together yeah. and so many of them rallying around President Nelson's invitation and people not of our faith right. but love Christ yeah. and we all fasted together and reading those posts and stories yeah. on there so it cool. was powerful yeah that as we you know as we've seen you know the COVID-19 subside it's really united all of us as yeah. Christians to yeah. say, "Hey, we all love the Savior. Let's yeah. let's figure this out. Let's love Him more." And yeah, well, and and I yeah. think that that uh, for sure the restoration happens in a place with with priesthood and authority and prophets, right? Yeah. And so I don't want that misunderstood. Yeah. That, yeah. But that 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 authority is really only found in in one church on earth at the time. But but we just had a conference talk I think that talked about how we need to give more credit. To those that are doing good around us, and yeah, and, and love them, good. and bless them, and, and and be part of that, and include them, right? And, yeah. Uh, anyway, I, it, the 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 restoration is definitely happening in more places than just um, within our faith, and I think yeah. it's it's a cool thing. There. As we think about restoration in the temple, Obadiah one twenty one has a he he has another prophecy here about um, building temples in the last day, and um, so verse twenty one. And Savior shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, mm. and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. And uh, don't you love little S saviors? Yeah. Right? You think That's about the big S Savior, which there's right. only one of those. Yeah. But we can participate in these saving ordinances. Here's what the prophet Joseph said about verse 21. He was speaking specifically about this uh, verse. But how are they to become saviors? And that's with a little s, so little s saviors on Mount Zion. By building their temples, erecting their baptismal fonts, and going forth and receiving all the ordinances, baptisms, confirmations, washings, anointings, ordinations, and sealing powers upon their heads in behalf of all their progenitors who are dead, and redeem them that they may come forth in the first resurrection and be exalted to thrones of glory with them. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. Just to wow. think about like every time we go to the temple, every time we invite anyone to go to the temple, they're becoming a little s savior, yeah. Yeah. right? Literally helping with this saving work. What a so powerful, powerful, what a powerful principle, right? Genealogy yeah. work, temple work, missionary work. Yeah, it, President Nelson's statement: Anytime you do anything on either side of the veil, right? Yeah. You're, you're gathering Israel and absolutely. And that, that concept of, um, you know, being a savior in the sense that, that we are offering someone else a way yeah. back, right? Yeah, we, through our actions, we're offering a way, not the way, right? I'm offering them the acceptance the of a baptism maybe right. more than anything, right? right? And then, and that baptism, obviously the cleansing nature and whatnot comes from the savior, right? So, uh, the, there's really no cleansing agent I'm able to offer, right? And and yeah. I think I'm I'm saying this because I'm thinking about we've got listeners in China to this podcast, awesome. and awesome. and and I don't know what their faith is. I don't know what you know what their background is. Maybe they're members of our faith. Maybe they're not. And I think this um, this verse could be misconstrued that we would think that because of the work we do in the temple to to take a name of someone that has died. Um, and to be baptized proxy for them yeah. so that they have an opportunity to accept a baptism that wasn't available to them when they were on earth. Um, 
I, I worry that if you're not a member of our faith, you'd think that somehow I feel like my action is cleansing them. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and it's not, good. right? It's, it's just that I've done the work that they couldn't do so that they can accept a Savior the way I was able yeah. to in my life, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful concept. I, beautiful I concept. just love that. I just love that thought. You know, this summer, had the opportunity with our ward. Uh, we, we did a temple trip with the youth in our ward. Mm -hmm. We started the Boise Temple. We went to the Twin Falls Temple. Did even a ropes course there. Cool. Went to the temple. We went up to uh, Pocatello. We went to Lava Hot Springs. Cool. Went to the temple there. Came back um, and went to the temple here in Meridian. Mm. So over those couple of days, we did over a thousand wow. baptisms and confirmations. Wow. And there was so many powerful just witnesses and testimonies shared. And a lot of the youth had done research on their ancestors mm. that they were getting baptized mm. for. And cool. It, you know, we had testimony meetings throughout and it was just a powerful experience. And, you know, as I was confirming, um, you know, one of the, the members, uh, it, it just popped into my mind of, you know, I, I just got this visual of the other side of the veil in the future <laughs> and people running up to these youth and just hugging them mm. and just embracing them yeah. and saying, thank you. Yeah. You know, you're the one that did my temple work for me right. back in 2022 in the Pocatello, <laughs> Idaho temple, you know, and, and I just had this visual of a youth just like getting a hug from some random stranger right. and going, what was that for? Yeah. I don't even know you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but those people being so passionate because they gave them the opportunity to be connected with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ through these sacred ordinances yeah. and covenants. As a little S Savior. As a little S Savior. I love that. I love that. Um, doing the big S Savior's work yeah. with Him. Yeah, and helping helping where He... And what a beautiful thing that He allows that, right? That He allows yeah. us to help in that work. Yeah, um, right. Because He could easily do this yeah. all Himself. Right? right? He, could, he could come back and be like, yeah. hey, here's the stack of genealogy you need to finish, right? Yeah. Go, you go do that. Yeah. I, I've you did all the do work. That. Yeah. But no, He gives us the opportunity to study it out and to research it, to really feel a connection to the people that we're, we're doing that work for and, and with. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful... And, and isn't there something even... Uh, atoning on some levels uh, about that, right? That we know that the atonement of Jesus Christ allowed him to feel my individual pains and sufferings and yeah. know me yeah. very personally, right? Yeah. On a tiny, tiny level. Uh, you and I, when we do our family history work, we get to know them, right? Yeah. We have to search That's them so out. Great. We read their stories. We learn about who they are. And, and uh, it becomes meaningful to do the work for them it makes me it makes yeah. me think about how the savior must love us to not just know my story but to basically have felt my story and lived my story right yeah that that's he's so got to love me just on a different level way different right level, right then i'm capable of loving those around me but but maybe glimpsing it when yeah. i'm doing the little savior work right as, yeah as a, a glimpse of what yeah what his work is and what we're really doing and isn't that just life right you, yeah. you, you talked earlier about a father right being yeah. a dad and yeah. spilling the milk and yeah and i think well isn't that and then you reference heavenly father gives us counsel all the time we ignore right yeah that, that's a microcosm our life on earth is just a little tiny glimpse of of what we want to become which is our father in heaven our mother in heaven um yeah. and being like them 
um, requires us to have experiences like them, and it's the yeah. spilled milk. It is right. So right? when the you weird. get you get the other side, and you've got your own experiences happen as a heavenly father type, right? You yeah. you know how to handle that, yeah. and, and yeah. have learned from him and from your own so kids. So cool. Well, this is wonderful. This has been fantastic. Um, is there anything else in here you want to take us to? If not. Uh, we'll wrap up, but but just so much here. There's so much here. Yeah, and there's so many great things in the in these verses. But again, I guess I would just say, Matt, that's really just drilled home to me is the the need for a prophet, yeah. right? For the Lord to do His work, reveal His secrets, and that power of that doctrine, and that His church is has been restored, yeah. right? And is being restored, yeah. and and temple work being done and covenants being made. And I think about um, President Nelson's quote, one of my favorite quotes ever. He said, um, the greatest compliment you could ever receive in this life is to be a covenant keeper. Mm. Isn't that cool? That is cool. Like we all love a compliment. Your hair looks nice. Oh, I like those jeans. (laughs) And we think about compliments or you're a great athlete or you're a great musician, you know, but he said the greatest compliment that we could be known by as a covenant keeper. Wow. And this reminds me of that, of like, okay, we might not be the richest, we might not be the most famous, but at the end of the day, if we're covenant keepers, mm, I really like that's, that. that's it. That's, that's the goal. That's what we're going for. That's, that's the goal. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, for the young people that, that might be listening, youth, young people that are listening, yeah. to, that are thinking, or they're at the place in their life where... You know, maybe like we've talked earlier that that they've been raised in the church, they've kind of taken it as like, yeah, I believe that, and, yeah. and, but haven't really read through the Book of Mormon 12 times yet, right? Um, what would you say to them as they go seeking uh, for a testimony about prophets being on earth again? What counsel would you give them? What what has helped you? Um, what would you teach your own kids? What, what would you say uh, oh, I to love. them? I love that question, Matt. I, you know, I just think about this. I think about this all the time. And even in our own ward and, you know, in countless meetings, we wrestle with this of how do you help a youth or or young adult or whoever that is get after it and really find out for themselves. Um, And I would just, you know, going back to this young man who read the Book of Mormon 12 times Mm -hmm. and he's a member now. Yeah, how do we get others to do do that, right? You know, I I think one of the big things that, that, you know, I think about a famous quote by Elder Scott is one of Satan's biggest tools is distraction. Yeah. You know, that oftentimes we get so distracted by technology, social media, Mm -hmm. video games, Mm -hmm. sports, work, whatever it might be. All of those things can be distractions, mm. really, that numb us from wanting to feel truth and wanting yeah. to gain this testimony for ourselves, right? Yeah. Mm. So that's what I would say is is that could be a great starting point to say, okay, what distractions are happening in my life that I could reduce or even eliminate that I could, when I pray, when I dive into my scriptures, that I could have a clear connection mm. with Heavenly Father. Because yeah. He's so anxious to give yeah. us truth and for us to have these moments. That's really right? interesting. I really like that. I, you know, just recently I've decided to, um, to, to, to spend less time social media. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's so easy to just use that as a, I'm sitting waiting for something. I'm going to just, I'm gonna I'm go just on, gonna scroll, scroll right? for a little bit. Right, right. And so I stopped doing that and... and um, 
It used to be that I'd get in the car and I, I listen to a lot of stuff. I listen to the scriptures and general conference talks and books and and I get in the car and my phone by default turns itself on to the last thing I was listening to in, in my car, right? My yeah, truck just starts yeah, yeah. reading back what I, what the next thing is, right? That's awesome. Well, I thought to myself, okay, if the last thing I was doing was scrolling through some social media feed, it will just start playing the next video on or the, the next right. thing I was watching, right? Yeah. And so I went into the settings on my phone and I just stopped it. I just stopped from doing that. And I, I've it's been so amazing. I get in my car... And when there's nothing on, when the radio doesn't come yeah. on, when there's no nothing there, I default to prayer. It's the weirdest so thing. Good. Like, and, and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not touting a horn or anything no, here. I no. just, it's, it's just, just been the strangest thing. Yeah. I get in, and if it goes, you know, thirty seconds or a minute, and I've got nothing going on, my brain defaults to talking to God. Yeah. And I think that's a, a sign of our times. There's so much going on around us that if we just stop listening to it, and we sit quiet. Our brain just starts talking to Heavenly Father. Our spirit wants. Craves that. Yeah. Wants that. Because there's so little time for it. Yeah. So to these youth and young adults of today, you know, I I look at it in in the average screen time of a teenager today. Six hours. I I can't remember the exact stat. But I just look at them and just go, no, like, don't uh, become numb. Yeah. You know, you think about the prophet Joseph and you think about all the greats that searched for truth. They had that white hot passion yeah. desire yeah. to know for themselves, yeah. and they were in the scriptures. They were doing the prayers and 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 doing what they needed to do to really gain that witness. But you know, Satan doesn't need us to go out and rob a bank no. or go out and break big X Y Z law. Right. He just get us on our phone again. Yeah, you know, and we're so distracted. Right, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> gather. Israel. It reminds me of one of my favorite things to do in any class with anybody, adults, kids, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You go in and you say, "Somebody give me a commandment." Everybody's first commandment is, "Don't kill." Yeah, like we all wake kill. up in the morning, like, "Oh my gosh, don't kill anybody yeah. today!" Right? right. That's not how Satan works no. for us. No. Right. He just distracts us with the phone or with the whatever. And yeah. And so you're right. The most important thing that we could be doing is gathering. And we don't because we don't have time. We fill our time up with thin things, right? Everything else besides those most mm. important things. And so that's what I would say is like, go through that. Okay, what is distracting me? What's causing a disconnect or a fuzzy connection with my heavenly father and I'm going to eliminate some of those things. And I I just promise Mm. that over the next little while, anyone who tries it will see results, right? They will, they will feel that connection. And like we talked earlier, just as simple as thinking the question, what am I doing? That's my own pleasure on the Sabbath. The Lord fills your brain. It, he tells you, the spirit tells you that's the thing you need to work on. And I think what your counsel is, is what's making my, my connection fuzzy if I think the question if I'm honest with myself yeah, if we don't try to justify right? it because we do that all yeah. the time right? the answer comes doesn't it yeah we it just will. know what what thing we need to cut back on and how, yeah. how to be better absolutely brother Huff thank you this has been fantastic um, I, I was so grateful that you said yes to the invitation to to come be with us today and uh I, uh, I I hope you'll take another opportunity to be with us. Today. I would love that in the okay. future. This has been so fun and okay. and really helpful to me personally as well. I felt the spirit as we're talking here and just furthered my conviction that this is certainly the Savior's church. I agree. It's so great. I agree. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. See ya. See ya.